Let us pray. Father God, we thank you. Lord, we bless you this morning. God, how we love you. How we love you, God. <laughs> mm. Through all of our afflictions, Lord, your glory still surpasses, God. You continue to watch over us. You continue, Father, to beckon us back to you, God. So this morning, Father God, as we go through this passage of Scripture, give us new understanding, give us new light, Father God. Prick our hearts, open us up, Father, to receive the word, not to fight against it, not to rebuttal or try to put our situations into it, God, <laughs> because you are the owner of everything, even our own situations, God. You're a creator, you are a ruler, and this morning, God, we just want to honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you this morning. So if you would turn to Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 through 12, and we're going to be talking about returning to God by putting him first. So we've had a couple of, pat, or a couple of sermons on what it means to trust God, what it means to give God your last, what it means to, to honor God in our giving. So today we're going to look at the situation that's going on in Malachi um, and see really what God is saying, another, another revelation of what God is saying in that. So, you know, as, as we are such a blessed nation, amen, as, we, as I watch the news, every time I watch the news and I look at the war and I look at all the situations that are going on around the world, I say, you know, America is a blessed nation, amen. America has, was founded on Christian principles. America started out, amen, honoring God. America was founded on Christian principles. America had reverence for God, and, they, and, and, and we were on the right track. But that was back in the day, amen? <laughs> and as, as time goes on, as time elapses, we see where, uh, where America has just gone awry. I mean, things are just crazy. But at the core of America, there is honor and dignity, amen? You know, people from all ethnicities are trying to get, get here and are, have come here because they want a piece of that pie, amen? They want that life. They want to get out of that dictatorship country. They want to be able to come and to pour out what they have, amen? Invest in the ground in America and watch that seed grow because America is a land of promise. America is a land of the free and, and, and you can do things, amen? You can become multimillionaires, whatever your heart's desire, whatever God has created you to do. There's opportunities here in America. And so that is the way God designed us. That is the way he created us. When you look at the Garden of Eden and you see where God called, uh, created Adam and Eve, he created them free, amen? To be able to just plant, Whatever crop they needed to plant, he, he gave them the ability to, to, to reap. Amen. He put, placed man in the garden and gave him the ability to reap, to be able to, to, to work, and to, to live in that abundance. So this morning, I just want to talk to you about um, just what God really has designed us to do. Why were we created? Why, why were we created? We know that we were created to be uh, worshipers. Amen that God wanted to create us and design us to worship him. And God gave us a set of rules <laughs> that we should go by. And in this, in this passage of Malachi, God is talking about one of his principles on how 
to be blessed, how to continue to, to gain his favor. And so as we are reading, as I was, as I was studying, I just began to ask God, you know, give me a, a better revelation of what this passage is, saying, uh, is speaking about. And um, as we all know, when God created us, he gave us his ruach, his breath, the breath of life. Um, the, the Hebrew word is ruach. It means breath. It, it means spirit. It means breath. And it means wind. And as I just began to just, just sit this the other day and just think about what God is saying and what God is doing, you know, the, the incredible gift of the Holy Spirit that resides within us. I don't think we really realize the power the magnitude of authority that we have within us. I think a lot of times that when we first get saved, we're on fire for God, we're doing the things God has called us to do, to be and become, and we're excited about that. But as time goes on, we begin to kind of, you know, it just kind of gets, it starts waning, you know, it kind of becomes habit to come to church, it becomes habit to give your offering, everything becomes habitual, and God is saying, but I don't want you to stay right there, he says, because there are just layers and layers of revelation that he wants to uh, unfold and reveal to us, so that we'll really get a grasp of what uh, the power that, with, that is within us is, so I began to just um, ponder, and the Lord began to tell me to look in Genesis 1 and 2. And so I turned to the scripture, and I'll, many of us know it by heart. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was without form and void, and darkness, hovered, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And I just began to just stay right there and just say, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me in this? And God was telling me that I'm omnipresent. I'm omnipotent, and I'm omnipotent. God was saying to me, I am all power, and that power is wrapped up in the ruach, is wrapped up in the spirit, is wrapped up in the breath, is wrapped up in the wind, and that's the same spirit that I called to called creation, it's the same spirit that I breathed into the, man, into the lungs of man. And so as I was getting this revelation, I just began to think of, you know, just put my, myself in, in that spot like, okay, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth we know was without form or void, and God hovered, his spirit began to hover over the earth. And then God's in chapter two, it says that God began to speak. That's the breath that we're talking about. We have the ability to speak life. We have the ability to speak and create. God has put all of that in us through his breath, and he begins to separate. And then as he goes on, his spirit is hovering over it. And we know that to be able to hover, amen, you need wind. Have you ever seen a plane or a, a what do you call those things? I don't know. Keep the, you know, helicopter. Those little, okay, I can't think of the name <laughs> right now. Drones, that's what I'm thinking. You know, they can, just, they can just stand still. They can hover over it. And as God is, and as, as I'm just thinking about, you know, creation and God's spirit there and, and the wind and everything, and all of the spirit is combined together. All of the Ruach of God is combined together, working in a trinity, at, a trinity within a trinity. And then we, we begin to see the, the, the light and darkness separate. We begin to see growth come out of the earth. We begin to see the water separated from the sky, we begin to see this great creative process. And I want you to know that that same spirit of God is in us. And we do not even, we don't even come close to tapping in to what God has given us the ability to do. Amen? 
When he placed Adam and Eve in the garden and he gave them the breath of life, he said, take dominion, rule over it, multiply. You have ownership of this earth. I'm giving it to you to take care of, to till the ground, to, to sustain yourself with everything is there. And yet and still, they decided that they wanted something else. They got lackadaisical. They decided, you know, well, let's let, they listened to the enemy. They fell into sin, and God had to put them out of the garden. And so here we are today suffering from the sins of our ancestors. Not only suffering from the sins of our ancestors, but repeating the exact same issues that they had. We see, I spoke a couple of weeks ago about Cain and Abel, and you see that example of the repetitive cycle of sin. When, Abel, when Cain and Abel brought their offerings, Cain brought his fruit, but Abel brought from the first of his flock and the fatted portions. And I was just saying, you know, what Cain really did was just bring an offering. He didn't bring his best to God, but Abel brought his best of his flock and an offering of the fatted portions. And God is, and that's why God consumed Abel's gift. God was so pleased with him because he followed the principles. He followed the mandates that God has, had, had um, set for them to do. And so we have to understand that we, in order to prosper, in order to multiply, to, in order to find success, we've got to be able to follow the principles of God. And it's not easy. I'm telling you, it's not easy because this world has so many things to offer us. This world entices us with the quick gimmicks and the quick ways that we can um, overcome, we can overtake. Hey, if I get, you know, I, people get caught up in gambling, people get caught up in all kinds of things trying to gain worldly riches. When the scripture in, in Malachi says, I will pour, I will open up the heavens and pour you out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive. That's better than any slot machine, amen? <laughs> That's better than any trip to the mountains. That's better than any shady deal. That God is saying, if you follow my commands, I will pour you out a blessing. So as we're getting ready to go into this, this chapter of, in Malachi and through these scriptures, uh, Malachi, throughout, throughout the, the ancient world, throughout ancient history, we see these Israelites, these Israelites, Canaanite, all of them, sitting, sitting um, going through these situations, especially the Israelites. They would get free. They would worship God. God would bless them. Their ground would, would multiply. They were able to provide fruit. They were able to do everything that God had promised because they were aligned to what God said. They were in obedience to what, what God says. But then time would go on and you would find them in these precarious situations where lack had came in, where, where famine had came in, where other um, countries had came in and took over what they had, you know, what they had planted, what they had done. And that's the same thing we see with Russia and Ukraine. Here Ukraine has built themselves up into a country and now we have the Russians going over and trying to destroy their land, trying to do everything they, do, they can to take away. And this is the same thing with us today. We too are suffering. We too are dealing with things that we should not have to be dealing with. And when, we, and when we look at our finances, we can say, you know, we're doing well, we're doing good, but let the stock market fall, amen? Go out and buy something with a high interest credit card, and all of the things that we do to try and gain things really starts to eat up, 
eat at the end of it. Look at your credit card statement and see what, your, what the percentage of money you're paying to, the, to Discover, MasterCard, Visa, whoever. They are taking away, amen, what God, that what you have worked for, what God has gave you the ability to work for, they're cutting into the slice. They're cutting into, into what you could be offering to God. And so we have to be prudent in our, in our, our obedience to God and the things that God has called us to do. There's nothing worse than getting into credit card debt because that cycle just can build up, build up, build up to where you are paying more in interest than you are for that dress, that blouse, that that furniture or whatever you purchase, you're paying four or five times the amount when you are not able to pay that off in 30 days. For me, when I use my credit card or if I'm at the store, I'm like, can I pay this off in 30 days? If the answer is no, then I walk away from it. I always give myself room to walk away thinking about, do I really need this? And half the time when you walk out the door, you don't return to pick it up. Amen. <laughs> but those are, those are principles that you have to learn is that do I really need this? Yeah, I can just instantaneously satisfy my flesh, satisfy what I want. But in the end, do I really have the finances to pay this off within 30 days or am I going to continue to pay on it, continue to pay on it and let the interest, you know, become so overwhelming? So God is telling us to just simply follow his principles. David was a man after God's own heart, and he understood. You know, David loved God, but David would get himself into some situations. When you read through the Psalms, you see David coming back to God and just asking for forgiveness, a realigning to God. And in Psalms 55, 11, he says, don't let, you know, don't let, don't cast me down, Father God. Please, God. He says, don't take your spirit. Don't take your Ruach from me. I, I need the presence of you to be with me at all times. When that presence is not with us, that's when we get into trouble. And it's not that the presence is not with us. It's that we are not listening to God. We don't, we don't know how to stay tuned and stay focused to what God is calling us for. And little things can distract us. Even in our prayer, even as we drive, wherever we go, the enemy is just constantly flooding our minds <clears throat> with, with things and thoughts that take us away. And he knows just what to put in your mind or, or to prick your, prick your memory with to get you to, to stay um, take your eyes off of God. But this morning, <clears throat> I just want to talk about what God is saying to us when it comes to stewardship, what God is saying to us when it comes to the tithes and the offerings, and to understand what the power of God that is within us that can help us align and, and get back in order with God. So in Romans 8 and 11, just before I go into Malachi, uh, Paul writes this, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to you, will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells within you. That is a profound passage of scripture. That, that pro, he, Paul is making a profound statement in saying that the spirit of God, the spirit that lives within you, is, was able to come, amen, like a mighty rushing wind and bring Christ back to life, amen, to resurrect him from the dead, to give him his authority, to give him all power, to relieve him of all things, taking him to a, a, the next level in God. That same spirit, amen, is able and willing and wanting to come into your life, amen. The Ruach of God, the breath of God wants to return, amen, and 
and raise you from your dead situations, raise you up to who God called and formed you to be, raise you up to be the, the uh, lender and not the borrower. God is calling us to understand the power of the Holy Spirit that, that is within us. So when we return to God by putting him first, we will have the power and the authority to move about, amen, and do the things that God has called us to do. So in Malachi verse 3, I mean, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verses 6 through 12, I want to read that scripture in its entirety. Amen. And then um, I will uh, break it down. So Malachi 3, 3, chapter 12, it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, ye, therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the day of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? And he goes on to say, will a man rob God, yet you are robbing me, but you say, how have we robbed you in your tithes and your contributions? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, and there, shall, there, shall, and there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. If I rebuke the devourer for you, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. May the Lord add a a blessing to his word. So in this situation, here we go again with the Israelites. Amen. Here we go again with with us. Here we go again with God's people. Um, The literary context is that they had found themselves back in a situation where there was lack Back in the same situation where there was need, that they, they were having to go out and work harder. They were toiling their fields. Their fields weren't producing. Things were going amok again. <laughs> and uh, they, couldn't, they did, just didn't understand why. What, you know, why do we keep going through these cycles? And the Lord speaks through uh, the prophet Malachi, and he says to them, um, you're just repeating the same old cycle. You're repeating the same cycle. Here you find yourselves in post-exile, and, and I've blessed you. You know, Nehemiah, they had rebuilt the temple. They had did all the things that God had, had called them to be. And Nehemiah was telling them that you've got to return to the tithe. You've got to return to the principles that God has laid out. And so they weren't giving their tithes and offerings. They were neglecting the temple. Um, Nehemiah had, had taken a short span where he had gone to Babylon. And then before he left, the people had, had lined back up and they had you know, received what he had told them and they were bringing their tithes, they were bringing their offerings, they were bringing their fruit offerings, their wood offerings. They were doing the things that God had called for them to do since their forefathers and things were going well. 
But Nehemiah leaves for a, uh, for a spell, and when he returns, he goes to the house of the Lord, and he realizes what is going on. Why is there so much lack? Where are the Levites? Where are the people of God? Why is the temple so vacant? What is going on? And what it was is that the people of God, the children of Israel, had stopped paying their tithes and offerings. They had just, you know, went back to work. They were just doing things, you know, building up their stock, building up their barns, building up their storehouses, and had, ne had neglected the house of God. And so Nehemiah begins to tell them that you need to return to God. You need to return to what God has told you. And I just want you to know this morning, no matter how successful you become, okay, no matter how much the world has to offer and you work that principle, yeah, you become a multimillionaire, you, a multimillionaire, you become very, very successful. But if you are not, as a Christian, giving that back to God, God is going to cause a famine to come into your life. Some way, somehow, some, you know, it's that, that famine is coming. You have opened the door for the enemy to return. And so the plight of the Israelites was looking really bleak. Um, and they found themselves um, back in the same cycle, back in the same things that they had been experiencing. The economy had dropped. Amen. Our economy is dropped. Uh, it was, there was a downturn in, 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 in everything. You know, housing were going up. Gas prices were going up. They didn't have gas back then. But, you know, things that we are experiencing, yeah. history repeats itself. The cycle repeats itself. And the cycle is, is, is uh, repeating itself today as we look at, you know, where we're at you know, we look at these high gas prices. We look at, um, you know, going to the store. There's lack of what, you know, the abundance that was always at the store is no more. Things are going crazy. The farmers aren't producing like they were able to produce. Meat prices are absolutely ridiculous. Uh, things are just, you know, the economy is turning and people are, are trying to figure out, you know, how will I make it? What, what is going on? <laughs> and, and, it's, and as Malachi begins to tell, you, tell us, he says that we need to return to God and put him first. So this morning, if you are dealing with this economy, if you are dealing with high gas prices, if you're dealing with, you know, the way, the things that are going on in this world, God is calling us this morning to return to him. Amen? Amen. Just put that in the chat, those who are watching online. God is calling him to return to him and put him first. When we put him first, God will resolve all that we are going through. So in Malachi chapter um, 3, uh, verses 6 and 7, what it is saying there is God is always making a plea for his people to return to him. And so as the people couldn't understand what was going on, God sits, speaks to the prophet and says, I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you, return to me. See, our God is immutable. Our God is loving. Our God is kind. Our God, um, he does not change. Nothing changes him. You know, I think about, man, if I was God, well, good grief, none of us would be sitting here. I probably wouldn't even be sitting here. You know, because God doesn't think like us. He doesn't process like us. He, he, is, he is the ultimate, he is the supreme God. He sees beyond us. He sees beyond our situations. He knows every, he can count the hair on our heads, amen? He knows every intricate detail of our hearts. The scripture in, in Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. 
who can know it? That he knows, amen, that if, if, if my people would just come to me, I would tell them, I would teach them, I would show them how to live in this world. And that was a problem with Adam and Eve. They figured they could figure it out for themselves. You know, they were in the garden. God said, do not do this. Do not touch this tree. Do not eat from this tree. And here comes the enemy. And God didn't really say that. Go ahead. Go ahead, you know. You want to be like him? You want to know all things like him? Go ahead and do it. And when they did it, their, their spirit man died. Amen? They, there was a, a spiritual death within him. And I'm saying to us, we have a spiritual death within us. And today, we need to learn how to resurrect it, how we return to God and resurrect the spirit of God in our lives and follow the principles of God so that we can open up the windows of heaven. How many people want the window of heaven opened up over their lives this morning? Amen. Tired of being broke, tired of living paycheck to paycheck, tired of, you know, getting notices in the mail, tired of the phone ringing, tired of, of just having to deal with life, tired of having to go to that job and work paycheck to paycheck. God is here. God is telling us, here is the answer. Here is the answer. Now, the answer is really tricky because God says, bring ye all the time to the storehouse. Bring ye all the time in the, in the storehouse. And our inconsistency with our tithing, our inconsistency with worship, our inconsistency, uh, inconsistency with obedience to God all plays a factor in the way we handle our finances. It all plays a factor into the way uh, we live our life. But God is calling us back this morning to a consistent relationship with him to a consistent, habitual relationship with him. Anytime you enter into a relationship, it takes work, amen? Yeah. With a significant other, with a, a co-worker, with a friend. I mean, it takes time to develop that relationship. It takes time to learn how to trust a person. You just don't meet a person and then, you know, you just open up your world to them. You just allow them to come in and do what they want, have access to your accounts, have access to all that you've worked for. God is saying to, to us today, I'm not like that. <laughs> when I love you, I love you fully. You get all of me. You get everything. It's that garden principle. I have planted you, I have placed you in a garden where there is more than enough. Amen. Adam and Eve lived in a place where there was more than enough that they would never, ever, ever lack anything, but they chose to go and do something against the will of God. And we have got to learn how to make the proper choices. So the reason we're here today is because the simple truth is that God loves us, that God is immutable. He's not a man that he would lie to us. If God had wanted to, he could have just wiped us, you know, he could have wiped us off. It could have been another Noah situation. Like, I am done with these people. But he does not do that. He continues to love through our disobedience, through our hard heads, through, the, through everything that we do. God is immutable. He has set the foundation of his love. He set principles to restore us. Amen. He has given us his son, Jesus Christ, as a, our vehicle for salvation so that when we leave this earth, amen, we're not in hell. We're not, we're not suffering. <laughs> we're not going from one hell to another hell, but we are going into the presence of the Almighty God. We are going into the heavens 
And so God is always pursuing a love relationship with us. God wants to know us intimately. For those who are married, the intimacy of your relationship, that's the kind of intimacy Christ wants you to have, that you, the two become one flesh, that God wants to become one with you. And so as we reflect on what we're going through, the time that we're in, just know that God has given a solution through Malachi. We look at this verse as just a scripture of tithing, but this verse is a, a scripture of intimate love. It's a, a verse God calling us back to, to him, God calling us back into relationship with him. So the challenge is, is that God is calling us to return to him. So the, the challenge is not God. The challenge is us. Amen. The challenge is us as a people. And when we look at, you know, what we've just recently gone through, what we've gone through with this pandemic, what we've gone through in the economy, all the things and challenges that we have, God is saying, make a choice. Amen? He's saying, make, do you want to stay in this? Do you, want, you, do you want this pandemic to continue? Do you want this economy to continue to fall, to fall? He says, the whole nation of you, amen, need to shift. He was talking to the Israelite nation. I need you to make a shift. I need you to return to me because I'm here. And the challenge is not us. The challenge is us. The challenge is not God. The challenge is us. And so in verse um, 8 and 10, God has clearly defined the process for us to return to him, the process that it will take for us to turn his heart towards us. Because there's a time where God says, I will not, I'm not going to force anything on you. You have choice. You have a choice in how you live your life. You have a choice in whether you want to give your tithes or not. You have a choice in whether you want to come to church. You have a choice to get back into ministry. You have a choice to do what you want to do. God is not the God that's going to come up and, 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 and force you into anything. All he wants you to do is just submit to him. So I just plead with you this morning that all we need to do is submit to the Father. Amen? Submit to the gifts that he's given us. Each and every one of us individually have a gift from God. Each and every one was created, amen, in the heavenlies and released unto this earth realm. We have gifts. We have abilities. We here at Restoration have everything we need to accomplish the will of God. And that goes forth for all churches. Everything you need is in the house. The provision is in the house. And the provision lies within each and every one of us. But it's important for us to understand that not only is God asking for our tithe, our offering, the first fruits, but he's also asking you to activate the gift within you. Amen? Stop coming to church and feeding, feeding, feeding on the word, and then walking back out the door. That is robbery. That is robbery. That is, that is coming into the house of the God, house of God, taking what you want, amen, stealing what you need to sustain you, to, to, to boost your ego, to, to help you make it through the week when God is saying, I don't want to boost your ego. I want to boost you all the way up. Amen. I want to make you a lover of me. I want you to be a lover of me. I want you to know this word. I want you to walk in obedience. I, you're going to challenge, you know, you're going to face challenges. When we walk out this door, trust and believe there are challenges awaiting us. Some of us are sitting here and can't even focus 
right now because of the challenges we are going through. And God is like, I want to renew your mind. I want to renew your heart. And the way we do this is by following the principles that God has laid out for us. And so God has clearly defined the process for us to return. And the Israelites were literally robbing God. We are robbing God. Amen. I'm going to put all-inclusive that we rob God when we don't give our first fruits, that we don't give our tithes and our offerings. And so the situation was that they had just got lackadaisical, like we do. They stopped studying the law. They stopped studying their word. They stopped worshiping. Not that they completely stopped because there was a form of godliness in them, like there's a form of godliness in us, is that we know what to do. We know that, you know, we should, we should come and we should bring our tithes, we should bring our offerings, we should worship. And it shouldn't just take place here in the, in the house of God, but that it becomes a daily lifestyle with us. So there was a form of godliness, but at the same time, they weren't giving their all. They were giving just enough. Just like we do. They were perpetrators. Amen? <laughs> they were perpetrators. They would come Sunday morning. They would sing the songs of Zion. They would lead worship. They would usher. They would speak the word of God. They were doing the things that God had called them to do. But at the same time, they were robbing him blind. They were like, you know, when offering came up, they were like, uh, nah, no, 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 no. You know, I have this to do. And if I give this, then I can't pay this bill. And I got the, my eye on this camel. And I'm, I need a new camel. And I need this. And I need that. And if I give up this tithe, I'm not going to be able to do the things that I want to do. And God, is, and God is, you know, God is standing up there like, okay, y'all going to rob me? Y'all going to take me out? And so we have to understand that when we come into the presence of God, when we come to the house of God, that, that, that the church was designed, the temple was designed to be taken, taken care of by the people of God, by the, the Christians, by the worshipers. And it's just like any club you're in. If you're in a golf club, gym club, whatever kind of club, sorority or whatever, you pay a tithe, amen, to keep it up, to keep it sustaining, to keep the people that are, are managing it to keep them um, afloat so that they don't have to go out and find other jobs. And this is what happened is that the people, the Israelites stopped paying their tithes and giving of their offerings and the Levites and the priests had to go home and begin farming their land, begin making provisions for them because God had ordained it to where the, the people would come and bring their tithes to the storehouse. And what that means is that the storehouse is the church. The storehouse is the place that when someone comes in and they have need, there's a lack that we are positioned, amen, to provide for them, that we are positioned to help them, that we are positioned to love them and show them the love of God, not only just to give it, but to teach them the principles, amen, to teach them how to, how to have a relationship with God, introduce them to Christ, help them to build themselves up, amen, to where they can become tithers, they can become givers, they can bring their tithes and their offerings to the Lord. And so the word study, Rob, it simply means, you know, to take away, to deceive, to, to hold up, to, to take what is not yours, to steal. And God is saying this morning, I'm tired of you all stealing from me. I'm tired of you all using me for your, you know, for your advantage. My advantage is I want you to worship me. I designed you to worship me. I want you to be obedient to me. You know, I've given you life, the very breath, amen. Just take a deep breath. 
The very breath that you're breathing is from God. Your life is from God. Everything you own, amen, from your toenail to the last tip of hair in your head. Everything belongs to God. He is creator of all. Your home, your job, your finances, your 401k, it all belongs to God. You go back to Genesis. In the beginning, God created, amen? Nothing that we have created. Now, you know, you might have, some may have designed uh, a car. Someone might have designed some contraption or something. They might have designed it, but they only designed it because God gifted them. God gave them a mobility. God gave them the mindset to do it. And so we can't take ownership of nothing here on earth because it all belongs to God. And God is just asking us, I just want you to appreciate what I've done for you. Appreciate the gardens that I've put you in. Stop looking over at the Joneses. Stop looking at other people's success. Other people succeed because other people follow the principle. When you look at these multimillionaires, when you look at, you know, the principle just not, it's just not for Christians, amen? It is not just for Christians. The principle goes outside. The principle is, is, was given by God. If you sow, you will reap. Amen? If you dig and toil and plant, you will reap. And God has given us all of these abilities. You look at um, the Microsoft guy, his, the, he, uh, Gates. He's not even a Christian. He's an atheist. And you look at him, that is one of the richest men in the world. Why? Because God gave him an ability. God gave him a thought. God allowed him to, to create. Amen? Uh, the Microsoft Windows, God gave him something that the entire world uses, that, you know, society all across the world uses this. But he didn't create it. It was given to him by God. Amen? And it has elevated him to, a, to, to be one of the richest men in the world because of a principle that he followed, because he dig, he sowed, he reaped. He went to his garden every morning, amen? He worked diligently, and he followed the principle, and now the principle is paying him back. And he's not a stingy millionaire. I mean, he gives out. He understands that I will sow here, I will sow there, I will do this, I will do that. And so now he is just like, you know, this huge huge person uh, that people use his products all day, every day, because he understood the principle. And God is saying, those same giftings are in you, amen, that we need to go into our soil, amen, dig up what God is calling us to do. Don't be like Elder Derek was saying, don't bury your talents, don't bury the gifts that God has given you. God is saying, use them, amen, use them for my purposes, use them for my will, and in return, I will bless you, I will make you fruitful, and I will make you multiply. So the results of, of um, not giving the tithe affected the entire nation of Israel. The whole land, you know, it wasn't just uh, so-and-so's plot, you know, the Simpsons plot, they were growing, and the Joneses did not have, you know, the fruitfulness, but it began to spread out and affect the whole land. And so I want you to know this morning, when we do not give of our tithes and offerings, it affects our community. It affects the way we function. There have been times when people have come up and asked us, you know, for, for, for help. And there's times when we had to go, you know, the office staff had to go into their own pockets because we were just trying to sustain, 
keep the lights on, keep this going, keep that going, because the people of God were robbing God. And when you rob God, not only are you robbing God, but you're robbing the very souls that God has, has called us to minister to, robbing the very community that God wants us to bless. God is calling us to be a house of restoration. Amen? a place where people can come and be restored to God. If a person comes up and asks for clothing and we're not even able to meet that need and we're the church, then what does that say to us? So that, that we have to get into the mindset that when I give, this money isn't to pay anyone's salary or pay the light bill or the electric bill, but this money is used to to, to go out and to bless our community. Now, God has already proven himself with us through our housing initiatives. God has already said, you've been faithful, amen? He says, as a church, you've been faithful. And he's opened up a door for us to minister to, to the least fortunate, to start the safe parking, to have the safe housing. In about two or three weeks, you're going to see the pallet shelters going up. God has already showed us what I can do, amen? And that has to do with the consistency of our belief, the obedience that we are showing forth. But when we come as a whole, amen, when we as a nation, when we as a church, when we all begin to give the tithe, and I'm not asking you, you know, it, the amount does not matter. God's asking you for 10%. That's a dime on the dollar. No one is in the back looking at your tithes, looking at your offering. God is the one who knows your heart. God knows when you fill out that envelope whether you are lying and robbing him, amen, or if you are giving the tenth and giving the offering out of the obedience of the word of God. So the solution to the curse um, is for us to begin resuming uh, the tithe, resuming our tithing, resuming, resuming to give our offering, resuming to do the things that God has, has called us to do. And so some of you might not like, what is a tithe? What is that? And it, it is just predominantly, it, it is the thing that sustains the house of God. It is a place, uh, in, in the scriptures it calls it the storehouse, to bring your tithes to the storehouse so that, that the house of God is in the position, amen, to, re, to meet the needs of the community. Um, the tithe is, is just, like I said, it's just paid in all, all, anything that you are giving to, any club, any social club, whether it's, a, you know, whatever it is, any synagogue, any uh, non-Christian non organization, they all take up of the tithe, amen? They all have, it's the concept that God has did, has uh, created to sustain us. And so when we give up our tithes, when we give up our 10%, like I've already said, it is to sustain the house of God. It is to do the things that God has, has called us to do. And so can you just imagine the, what we've done so far as, as a community, as we've done, what we've done some more for, for our community, what we've done as a church, amen, has not, um, ha has just been, God has outpoured, God has blessed us because of the obedience. But when we all get in obedience and stay in obedience, <laughs> when we get in obedience and we stay in obedience and we walk the principles that God has called us to do, to be and become, do you know what God is going to do? Amen. In this place, 
in, the, in his houses, through his people. It's not about blessing the church, but it's about blessing the people of God. The obedience, your obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen? That you give because you love God. You give because you woke up this morning. You give because you have talents and you have gifts. And God says, when you return to me and you begin to, to bring what I've called, you be, begin to bring the tithe and the offering to me, I'm going to do something phenomenal for you. And so the Israelites were challenged to this test. They were challenged. God was like, I'm going to put you to the test. They were challenged to the test um, in this particular passage of Scripture. And this co command was to reestablish re uh, the giving of their tithes and offerings. And this is the only instance that you read, in the, read where God is inviting, inviting us to test him. He says, I am God. Oh, you don't believe me? You don't believe me. Okay, test me in this. Test me and see if I will not pour out the windows, of, I will not open up the windows of heaven. God is saying that, examine me because I trust you. I trust you. And God is saying, just trust me. And a lot of us have to understand when it comes down to the nitty gritty, when it comes down to the bottom line, we don't give of our tithes and offerings, number one, because we've been disobedient. And we've gotten ourselves into debt. But a lot of it is, I don't trust. I don't, tr I don't trust them people. I don't trust that church. I'm not going to give it to them. And then I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing them arise. I'm seeing them, them get, you know, prosper. And I'm not prospering. And God is like, um, no, that's not the way it works. He said, I'm talking to you individually. When we give of our tithes and we give of our offerings and we release it, it's God's business. You've been obedient to what God says. God is not asking us to go and examine. He says, I'm the one who examines. I'm the one who looks. We see, we see houses that have crumbled, amen. We see ministries that have plummeted to the ground. We see where God's correction in um, disobedience, what it, what it has cost many, many houses of God, what it has cost many people in their lives. And God is just telling us this morning that God is beginning to put the test God is beginning to test us. He's been beginning to test his people. Um, in the law, in the last two, uh, in the last Texas testing is um, a, an expression of, of humankind's love. He wants, to get, he wants us to stop being arrogant about what we have. Stop being arrogant about giving of our tithes and offerings and just give it because we love him. Um, God is, is giving us an invitation to participate, amen, in the things that he is doing. And there's no other investment that you can make better than investing into God's work, amen. There is, Wall Street cannot compare to what God can do for you. God can do the miraculous for you. You know, a lot of times we might not see it financially, but we might see it in our health. We might see it in a, our children becoming prosperous. We might see it in, in just the, the, the no lack, amen, the devourer coming away from us. A lot of us, you know, we're just after that money. We're just after that, that prosperity. But living an obedient life, living in the way God has called us to do, there is nothing, nothing more richer than following the commandments of God. And so God is saying, test me by bringing the whole tithe. You know, we're talking about, okay, I'm going to try this, God. I'm going to try this. So um, I'm going to put in 20 extra dollars. Yes, God, I'm trying you. God said, no, 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 no. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Bring the whole tithe. 
Test me. I didn't say, um, I, didn't, I didn't ask you to bring, you know, an extra $5, an extra $10 and add to, the, to that. He says, but I'm asking you to bring the whole tithe, the first fruit. And that's what he asked Cain and Abel to do. And that's where we see um, where the failure came. That Cain brought, an, uh, Cain brought an offering of fruit, but Abel brought the first, amen, of his flock and an offering of the fatted portions that God was like, he understands the principle and he, and he consumed the, uh, the, the offering of Abel. And then with Cain, he did not receive it. And then Cain got jealous and couldn't understand, well, why did you not accept my offering? I did what you said. I, I toiled, I labored, and I, bought my, I, I brought my offering. And God's like, I didn't ask for the offering. I asked for the first. And so to me, it's like, was Cain lazy in his, his gardening? Was he lazy in his produce? Was he tending to his garden like God had asked him to do? Because when you tend to your garden, when you tend to the place that God has placed you, when you tend to it, it should bring prosperity, amen? It should bring growth out of it. And so we have to make sure that we are following these principles. God, um, God has promised to pour out an immeasurable blessing, amen, on the people if they return to him by putting him first. The Lord um, anticipated his return to the repentant people. For those who were repenting, here, um, here he concretely says that I will pour out for you. I will bless you. I will give you all that you need. Um, on, on their behalf, God was just saying, if you follow the principle, I'm going to, to bless you. I'm not going to, to hold back on my word. And God is saying that I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. Um, as it was, you know, you think about it in the time of flood when the when heavens opened up and the rain poured and, and subdued the earth. God is like, I want to do that in your life. I want to give you more than enough. I want to fill your bars. I want to make you prosperous. I want to make you a person that is noted in your neighborhood that if there is an issue or there is a problem, that people can come to you. And it's not that, that you're handing out money, but you're handing out wisdom. You're showing them the love of God. You're teaching them about God. You're inviting them to Christ. God is like, I want my house to be, I want my barns to be full. I want my house to be full. As you reach out into your community, amen, and you become that Acts 2 uh, church, that model where everyone has everything in common, that we, we just grow not only in, in our, our, our giving, but in our obedience and into our growth, that we can teach people how to belong, how to believe, how to behave. But we've got to first follow the principles that come with that. So if the tithe, the, when tithing is consistent, the blessings are consistent. The blessings become consistent in God's house. And I have experienced that on the first hand, I can, I can relate with the Israelites. I can relate of the times of lack. I can relate to the time of consistent blessings. And that's where God is trying to get us to, a consistent blessed life. Not just, oh, I have a testimony today, and then next month, your testimony, you know, you got your head down crying. But God is like, I'm going to rebuke the devourer. I'm going to rebuke everything that the enemy has set up to come against you when you follow the principle, when you begin to be obedient in your walk. So the benefit of tithing is not a, a give, a give to get mindset. The benefit of tithing is a blessing of God, that God will rebuke the devourer. Every seed that we plant, amen, will become prosperous. It would grow because God is going to make your ground fertile. You've been on your job. You've been trying to, you know, get promoted, 
been trying to get a raise. You've been trying to do all of these things. And God is simply saying, if you give to me, if you give of your tithe, I will make a way for you. Amen? I will give that promotion to you. I will give you that raise. I will do the things that I have promised you to do. I'm immutable. I'm in control of everything. And because of disobedience, a lot of times the, re the, the, action, the reaction is that we're, we're, we're working a fallow ground. We're not able to do, do the things that we want to because we're not following the principles that God has called us to do. So he's saying that not only will I bless you, but Every vine will bear fruit. Everything that you touch starts to, to turn around to, do, uh, to be in the favor of God. Your household, your children, your mind, everything begins to realign to what God created to do. When we begin to give, when we begin to follow the, the principles, return to God and put God first. In, in Genesis, God created a garden, amen? He had provision. He did not leave us. He didn't create us just to leave us hanging. And if you feel like, I don't even know why I'm here. I don't even know what my purpose is. Get back into that place where you're saying, God, you created me. You placed me in my mother's womb, God. And I am so out here. I'm so lost. I'm so alone. I'm so confused. Mental health is just a huge issue right now. There's times we, when we wake up, and when I wake up, I just wake up like, okay, what, you know, God, what, what's going on today? We, we have to stay in the garden, amen? The, stay in the place where the provisions are. God put the man in the garden to work. He gave him everything he needed to do. And I know that, you know, we're going through rough seasons. There's been times when I just really didn't even want to get out the bed. I was just like, you know what, God, I'm just going to sit here. I'm tired. I don't know which way direction to go. And God is saying, get up and do what I created you to do. Get up and follow my principles. Get up and water your seed. Get up and do what I've called you to do. And when we, when we push through and we begin to, to invite the presence of God in, when we begin, begin to invoke his spirit, the, it just comes like a rain. Your heart just, you know, you feel God washing over your heart. And God is saying, follow the principles that I've called you to do. Bring the whole tithe. Bring the offering and see if I will not do for you what I've promised you to do. So this morning, I just want to encourage you, when we put God first in everything, amen, when we put God first in everything, he will position us to be blessed, to live a blessed life, to live an abundant life. And, and you, we, we could do, you know, I was thinking yesterday, I was thinking, you know, we can worship, <laughs> we can praise, we can give of our tithes and offerings, we can be... Uh, do all the things that we're commanded to do. But if we aren't putting him first in our tithes, giving the whole tithe, if we're not doing what God has commanded us in Malachi, he says, put me first, bring the whole tithe. You can be a worshiping, tongue-speaking, fasting nut. You know, you can do all the principles of God, but we negate it when we steal from God, when we rob from God. God is saying, I want you to be obedient in your tithes and offerings. I want you to be obedient in your worship. I want you to be obedient in your study. It's a combination. You can't come and sing, you know, like an angel before the Lord and then go home and not, you know, not put a tithe in, not do this. You can come up and you can preach, you can teach, you can clean, you can be uh, in the office working, you can do all kinds of work, 
But God says and he commands us, bring me first the tenth. Bring me the tithe and the offering. So as we are learning to be obedient in our giving, amen, be obedient to, to building back our storehouse, even though we've gone through a rough period uh, with COVID, with everything coming back, God is beginning to restore. God is beginning to, to take us to the next level, to take us to that open window. I feel that window opening. I see things and I hear things from God where the window is beginning to open, where the blessings of God are being beginning to pour, and I want us all to be able to receive those blessings, amen. Like I said, people around the world, they get it. They understand it. They get the principle. But what God is saying is, I want my church, I want my children, I want my people to learn the principle. So this morning, amen, let's learn the principle that God is here to supply every one of our needs, that the tithe is simply uh, God's test to us. God's uh, test to us when we bring the whole tithe to the storehouse, God says, test me and see what I, I won't do. This morning, I'm asking you to test him. I'm asking you to, to go home, sit down and look at like, what can I cut out of this budget so that I'm able to do what God has called me to do? And trust me, you will not feel the lack. You will not feel the hit of it because God sees your heart. He knows your heart. And when you're obedient to him, he is going to stand with you because he trusts you. Amen? God trusts you today. He trusts you, and he's just asking you to believe for it, to believe in him, and know that he is ready to do an outpouring in your life. He's ready to turn things around, just like he did for the Israelites, time after time after time. But we don't want to be like the Israelites. Amen? We want to be obedient children of God. Amen. Father God, we come to you this morning, Lord, and we thank you for this word, Lord. We thank you for this teaching, Father God. Father God, we repent that we have robbed you, God. I have robbed you, Lord, to a place where I, I don't even know what my debt is. But God, you sent your son, Jesus, to wipe away our sins, to wipe away the debt owed, Father. And all you're asking for, God, is for us to repent. You're the God of second chances. You're the God who loves us, God. You're the God who, gives, who forgives us of our sins. So we repent, Father God. And as a community, as a church, Lord, we see the miraculous works that you're doing. We see the miraculous things that you are doing for us. We see the favor of God over this house. Now, God, we ask that, we, that you will let that favor flow. Amen. Let it begin to flow from Aaron's beard, Father God, that the whole church becomes tithers, Father God. They bring their first fruits. They bring their offerings to you, God, that they're just not using you, God. But, Father God, that they're committed to helping build this kingdom on earth so that we can become all that you've called us to be. We thank you this morning, God, for your grace. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for the breath of life. We thank you for the spirit that is within us, Father God, the same dudamus, the same power, God, that raised you from the dead lives within us, God, that we have the power, amen, we have the power and the authority to turn our situation around as we submit to you, as we give to you. So this morning, God, we say thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God, we thank you. We thank you right now, God. We just lift our hands, God, asking for your forgiveness, Lord. We bow before you saying, God, forgive us. 
and thank you for a second chance. Thank you for the love, Father God. Thank you for your spirit, God. As you're right now lifting hearts, Father God, giving hope, Father, opening up doors, opening up windows, Father God, even during this week, Father God, that people will see the hand of God, begin to feel, Father God, the wind, the wind, Father God, the rain, as you pour out the blessings upon them. So, Father God, we ask that we stay consistent with the word, Lord, that we not be like the Israelites and travel around for 40 years, that we not be like the Israelites and, and go back to our habits, go back to our ways, God. But we seriously sit down and say, God, I don't have it. I don't see it. And you show us, God, how we can do it, how we can achieve it by trusting you. So we give you praise this morning and we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. As you stand this morning.